0: He scores the ball and he rebounds well, don't fight the future, here comes Luca. Even losses feel like wins, when you are with your good friend Tim, it's 77 Minutes in Heaven.
1: Hello, this is 77 Minutes, a Dallas Mavericks podcast, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. The only Mavericks podcast where you can listen to Austin Guria and Tim Cato. That's me. Talk about whatever we're going to talk about today. I think we're going to focus on some early trends. The Mavericks are 1-1. One one. They lost, blew a 22-point lead to the Phoenix Suns. I'm sure you know that. I'm sure you also know that they beat the Memphis Grizzlies by 41. And look, you can say Memphis was on the third game of in four nights, and they're missing their best two defenders. You can say that The Mavericks have always dominated Memphis, maybe not always, always is a long time, but certainly last season they did. All that's true, but the Mavericks got a win and that's what's important. They needed to do that after the season opener. And now here we are, you know, the team's one on one and, and I don't think we can read. I think I think we should all be appropriately cautious not to read too far into a mere 96 minutes of basketball. But I do feel good about, you know, just kind of talking about some of the trends, some of the early trends that we've seen so far. So, I mean, I, I think there's an obvious place to start here um, in terms of the player who's uh, attracting the most attention. But uh, Austin, how are you? And uh, what's a what's an early trend that you're keeping an eye on for the Dallas Mavericks this season?
2: Well, um, I'm sleep deprived, but I am very pleasantly surprised by Christian. I wouldn't say surprised, but he's been a real seamless fit on offense. It's felt very natural, very organic. Um he was great in in both games. I think the bench unit in general is going to be really strong. I think he'll have one of the best bench units uh in the league. I think that was, that was something that I was saying before the season started is that this would be a very potent bench unit and they really are. they really just kind of run teams off the floor when they get that that bench unit to come on in the second quarter. And I think what has been a big part of that, he's uh he has a lot more off the dribble than I anticipated I would almost call him a big wing more than just a big in that he he can make plays off the dribble he can I've been impressed with his passing it's really given the offense a lot of juice and I think their offense is looks much different than they did last year I think last year they were very iso dependent and I think this year there's a lot more kick and drive and I think what is a big part of that
1: yeah I I I like the big wing analogy, not not in the sense that he has a wing package that he's, you know, dribbling into eight pull up 18 footers, but just that he goes by defenders and gets into the paint and think about ball dominant wings who score well in this league. And that's that's what they do. It's his mobility, you know, like like he's got to be, you know, one of the more mobile bigs in the league, right? You know, he's he's very fluid.
2: Yeah, absolutely. He's very fluid. His ball handling is pretty good. He can get he can change directions and get by guys. And and that's pretty important. If you're if your five man is consistently driving and getting paint touches on his own and without it having be generated by a post-entry pass, that really helps your offense move along.
1: So one of the early trends for me that I've been, you know, keeping an eye on is that, that Christian Wood looks fairly good defensively. And and it's for the exact reasons we've talked about. He's a he's a mobile big, he's six ten. He's got you know a, a good wingspan. It's really harder for a player like that to not have a defensive impact than than it is uh, for them to you know just affect the court. One thing I've noticed though is that the Mavericks are really focusing him as a weak side defender. Um, you know he hasn't guarded sinners a lot, and when the ball does come into the paint, when you know when there's a pick and roll breakdown, when somebody's you know he's done a good job rotating. Uh, you know he had a block against Phoenix. Um, I, I wrote about this in a in, in a in a trends piece on the Athletic um you know kind of highlighted that play um it, it, he blocked a uh a cutting mikhail bridges coming from the from the weak side after Ayton you know made a pass to him rolling into the lane and it was just it looked repeatable it just looked like the same stuff we've seen on offense and talked about you know the the mobile athleticism it seemed very easy for him to both step up and then recover and and you know affect a shot at the at the rim i i think the bigger question for him is going to be how he holds up when teams start scheming him more as the primary pick and roll defender. And when he at times is going to have to face better scoring big men in isolation and in in the post and things like that. And, you know, I I think a lot of the uh, question about whether he should start and, and if, and when that will happen, will come down to some level, you know, his ability to hold up in those situations. But From what I've seen so far, weak side, help defense, all of that stuff. He looks engaged and he looks good.
2: Yeah, I think he's he's been solid. He definitely hasn't been a negative on defense. And I think as long as he sticks to the rotations and sticks to the scheme, I think the scheme can really help him move along. And then he has just natural ability to affect shots at the rim. And he's just, he's big. And the whole team is big. That's, that's one thing with the defense that I've seen uh, this year compared to last year is that they're just a little bit bigger. And it, they're causing a lot more deflections, blocks at the rim. They're rebounding at a much higher rate and much better rate than they were last season. And I think that has a lot to do with Having Christian Wood and having Javale McGee, and also I think Luca has improved on the defensive end as well. Um, and so I think it's their defense. I think should be able to replicate most of what they did last season. But I think it will take some time to really get Wood comfortable and get the rotation down. Um, but and also even Josh Green, I think has improved impro- as a defender. Um, I've been impressed with how they defended, especially in the Memphis game. Um, I think the only time they really struggled is with, they they struggle a little bit with Booker and Aiton in that program roll down the stretch. And that was the one time where I thought they really consistently missed rotations or missed time things on the defensive end. But it, it they looked struggled like, in the first quarter of that game too. They, yeah. A lot of pain
1: points. If a lot I yeah,
2: a lot of pain points. And so, But I think there's also things that they can clean up as the season goes along. And I think, if anything, that's a positive trend for the team.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there. I think Luca is going to be Josh Howard all season. <laughs> Famously, infamously, Josh Howard uh, would do this thing in like, you know, the 2008 9 season and, and things like that, where he'd average like 11 points um, in the first quarter. I think we talked about this a few episodes ago. And of course, the scoring would then go away, you know, the rest of the game. But uh, through two games, through two first quarters, I should say, Luca has 34 points on 14 of 19 shooting, which uh, is really good. good. it's it's uh i'm I'm checking the books right now and um it is in fact quite good and i just think this team is just fully set up for him to come out and dominate you know at the every single game to to start and he's gonna have some games where it just doesn't work and the the shots are not going to go down but he's leading the nba in usage rate right now again two games but i'd be pretty surprised if he didn't this season and especially with the way the rotations are set up and and the the lack of ball handlers the, the idea that Christian Wood right now is being paired a little bit more with Dinwiddie than he is with Doncic just by nature of you can you can exist with one shot creator on the court if it's someone as good as Luca and you know but but it's better to have two on the court when you do have to go to the second units yeah he's just gonna you know he's gonna be averaging you know 11 12 13 points to open games this season I I just I I feel so confidently about that. (laughs)
2: Yeah, he, he, he loves to come out and just kind of press the issue to start games, and it's kind of it's demoralizing for other teams when he just comes out and he starts hitting step-back threes and he goes off for a big run to start the game and kind of destabilizes the defense, and you have to adjust, and then you have to get out of your base defense and start double-teaming or triple-teaming him, and... I think that's one of the biggest advantages to having Luca is that he constantly makes teams have to get out of their base defense. They don't get to do what they're comfortable doing, and they have to change up their defense, especially in a single-game scenario in the regular season. And so I think he's just going to keep being Luca in the first quarter. He looks incredible. He's in great shape. I think... Even his scoring is a little different from last season. He's doing a little more off the ball this year. I think he's being used as a screener a little bit more. He's getting a little more ca- like catch and drive opportunities, and I think it's going to really help him, especially as the season goes along. Try to keep him fresh for the season.
1: Yeah, he he looks it too. You know, like yeah, like you mentioned that, but it's like he he comes out and he's you know he's he's in killer mode. You know, right away. I have memories of him. I, I feel like he would defer to Brunson a little bit last season. Uh, at the start of games or or you'd be like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna get brunson you know this play this pick and roll and that's not a bad thing by by any means but it just seems like he's dead set on making sure that the mavericks are scoring 30 points in the first quarter make for damn sure that that you know that's the case every time
2: yeah it's actually (laughs) it's fun it's funny, he might have pulled that one from Carl. I remember Carl used to always talk about winning the first quarter is like super important to actually winning a game. And I think that's yeah. one thing he might have kept from Rick, and that he needs to just keep his foot on the pedal for an entire first quarter.
1: Another trend I'm keeping an eye on. What do you think of Hardaway so far? Just overall, uh, you know, clearly there's it, it almost it almost feels like a little bit to me, like like he's just out there, you know, and he's doing his thing. And it, it, if he wasn't like it, it doesn't I guess the impact, the the, the missing impact, I, I don't feel that that has come back. But maybe, you know, it's just a matter of the first time he actually gets hot and, and really starts hitting jumpers that it's going to be like, oh, that's what they're missing.
2: Yeah, I, he does feel a little lost out there. I think he's trying to find where he's going to get his shots from. It's, it is it is kind of difficult for him because he's either out there with Luca who's kind of in killer mode or he's out there with Wood, who's kind of being more featured than he is. He really hasn't played a lot with multiple guys who are scoring at that level and with Dinwoody as well. And he's getting used to playing with Dinwoody. So I, I think he's his process has been good. I like the shots he's been taking. I think if he just if he had knocked down a couple of those open shots he had in the Suns game, I don't think it would be as big of an issue. Um, and then he, he also he shot eight free throws in the last game, and I was like that was pretty surprising. He did not get to the free throw line that often, so if he's as long as he's aggressive, he just he just has to shoot. Like he's going to make them. That's what he's there to do is, is shoot the ball. I think he's getting good shots, but I think he's going to have to learn where his shots are going to come from as the season goes along because his role is is more different this year than any year than he's been here.
1: Yeah, he was not good last season before prior to the injury in the way that most of the players, you know, had that adjustment period and then figured it out and figured out their roles like he's still going through that a little bit as a as an extension and a continuation from last season. And those first two months were, you know, looked rough for everybody involved. And Granted, he had a little bit more time, and, and he still wasn't quite figuring out figuring it out. But the idea that you know he would have come around and and really realized where his shots are coming from, how how you know he fits, I think it might have happened last season, but, but you know without the injury. And if he keeps looking like this, if if you know it's not just the scoring or the shooting, but you know I guess the way I'm kind of you know like I said, it's it's the impact. Do do I feel like he's providing them something that? the team was missing last season or, or doesn't have anywhere else on the roster. And we know the type of shots he can hit don't exist elsewhere on the, on the roster. And it's kind of nebulous to just say, Oh, I, you know, does it feel like this matters or not? But I, I kind of think that's, that's the thing. If the team feels like they'd be, you know, essentially the same without him, then, then with him, even if he's providing, you know, decent minutes and and scoring efficiently enough to, to deserve his uh, roster spot, You know, I I think there is a real chance that you know they kind of look to move on or or trade him at the deadline because they were talking about it a little bit last year. Yeah.
2: I think he's gonna be more of a just a a depth piece this year because they have Bullock, they have they have Dorian, they have Max who's playing more as a wing or four than as a five man this year. And then Josh Green has been pretty active on the defensive end this year. And if his jumper comes along That's another wing that they have. They just have a lot of depth at the wing position. And I think one of the reasons also we're not really feeling his impact so far is that their offense has been so good, regardless of whether Hardaway is shooting well or not, that it almost just kind of feels like an additive, like just like a bonus to have him on top of that. But I think he'll be important as soon as someone gets injured, someone's out, and they need more offense. He's a good source of like, okay, this guy can get us 20 on any given night, but he doesn't have to give us 20. I think – it's nice to have him as an additive and not someone that they have to rely on as a pillar every single game
1: that's another thing another trend i'm tracking uh just how good this offense might be when we saw it three seasons ago they were you know the best in history now that the the historically you know had the best offensive rating in the nba and that team it's pretty easy to see the parallels and you know to this team christian wood being you know another floor stretching big man who seems like he fits even better uh in a lot of ways than than what Chris steps was able to do. Uh Luka coming into the season in shape, ready to go just, you know, immediately being this good. And then yeah, just surrounding them with a with a bunch of shooters, you know, they don't have a Seth Curry level shooter on this roster. Davis Bertans, Bertans maybe. But they they do, you know, it it's it's the same it's the same recipe, it's the same identity and the idea that they may well replicate that may well be the best offense you know it doesn't really matter if they're the best in history but it, it feels possible to me
2: yeah no they 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 can be a very very dangerous offense especially when they play five out with wood i think he's he's just such a much better fit than than porzingis and then luca is just a better basketball player now than he was in that season and i think i think also spencer is a better off ball player for luca than, than brunson was i think he Adds a little more dynamism to that that starting group, and it's funny. It, it's funny to think about if if Brunson was still on this roster and where he would be playing and how they'd be shuffling this rotation because it feels like they they're already trying to spread minutes out for guys because they have so many guys that need to play in the rotation.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think Hardaway or or Green certainly one of the two wouldn't wouldn't be in the rotation. Might not be on the team to be honest. It's a fun thought experiment for sure. I mean, I, I I'm still of the camp that they should have resigned him, but I think you know a reason why I I thought they should resign him was the idea of his trade value down the line, and I think that's a big reason why he left. And so, so yeah, I mean, it's it's you know it's it's clear that I've come around on the idea. Like so, so one thing I I heard is that you know they they were locked into Campazo as an option for months you know it was not a last minute signing inspired by the preseason being like oh man like they knew that they needed an emergency third ball handler and i think if the offense you know i think the offense is going to suffer a lot without luca I, I you know that's a that's an obvious statement when there is this level of ball dominance you know i i, I still think that this team's glaring flaw is going to be any time missed for you know any minor reason I'm curious to see what it looks like, but I think they're really going to struggle to win games. But they always were interested, or always had an awareness that they were going to need a one more botlander, you know, for scenarios like this on the roster. Um, and it, and it sounds like you know it was said to me, you know, like Kimbazo, you know, he was he wasn't going anywhere. Is is what <laughs> is what was said to me. They're they're trying to clear up visa uh, issues with him that that should be done this week. Maybe by the time you hear this Tuesday morning, that is cleared up. But it, it does it does just seem likeliest that he is a breaking case of emergency sort of uh player who's gonna sit on the end of the bench. You know, maybe every once in a while he gets a run out. And uh how the Mavericks survive, you know, without the most ball-dominant player in the in the league this season is still up for a question. But uh, overall, you know, I'm just really high on this offense. Whenever Lucas in there, I, I I don't I don't know how you slow them down, you know, for all the reasons we've talked about. Um and I mean, him and him and Christian Wood are averaging uh, 144 points per 100 possessions in uh, the 30, 31 minutes so far. So this is all small sample size theater. And, and, you know, like two games is does not a trend make. But just the idea that that those two pair that well together and that the rest of the formula remains the same and and, and remains consistent with what has brought the Mavericks very clear success over the past few years. Like it's going to be fun it's going to be an enjoyable season you know there's not going to be the you know already it's very clear that they're not going to slog through the opening months like they did last year and i I think we all kind of expected that but like overall these two games have made you feel optimistic right like just just overall you know resoundingly so
2: yeah just it just seems like this team clicks it fits you know everyone's on the kind of kind of the same page and they're also they're going to play a very fun brand of basketball i think it's going to be a really good season. That grossies game was, that was one of the funner home openers that they've had in a long time. And I think this team just also just, they carried over that, that chemistry that they had from last season where everyone just really gets along and everyone kind of supports each other. And then on top of that, I think that I think they are more talented basketball team this season. I think they have a higher ceiling than they did last season.
1: What do you think about uh, New Orleans and this upcoming game on Tuesday? I, I think this is, I think this is going to be a fun, yeah. you know, kind of like test. I think it's gonna be a really fun test because
2: New Orleans is good. I mean, I really like their roster, and I think it'll be a good test to see how they match up against such a talented roster. I hope Zion plays. I know he had like a contusion or something from the last game, but I think it's a really good early season test to kind of see where where they are in a really challenging game and a challenging atmosphere.
1: I'm gonna be there. I'm flying out here on a you know Monday afternoon, and uh, yeah, it'd be a bummer if he didn't. If only so that we can see uh, Maxi and and Zion play against <laughs> each other again, which is just like the most amusing subplot from two seasons ago that I can possibly remember. Just the idea that he had, you know, some weird something, just like this this weird ability to kind of kind of limit him, while also looking like he had no chance. Like Zion was moving him, and then at, just at the last second, like like Maxi was able to recover or something, and it, it was just
2: the Zion stopper
1: is here. We're gonna Zion brand stopper is here, man.
2: Remember when we had all the Dirk stoppers? Whatever happened to them? Did they ever stop Dirk? Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think they had to stop calling guys that after they just couldn't do it.
1: I mean, the only the only thing that really stopped Dirk was his bad ankle. So. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about doing a story about that one time just just going and finding all the uh, either the next Dirks or the Dirk stoppers and being like, "What happened to y'all?" That, I, would, T- I would. Turns read out that. he wasn't. Turns out there aren't a lot of next dirks and there aren't a lot of people who stopped him in his prime. So
2: all the skeletons in the dirt closet, we got to see, we got to see the
1: feature. (laughs) All right. Anything else specifically you want to talk about? Again, it's, it's so early. It just, it feels like, you know, it's, it's all about vibes and it's all about, you know, like impressions and, and it just, it's, it's a little too soon to like really start crunching the numbers and saying, you know, oh well. Look at this. This is concerning. Or, or look at this. Look how good they are. You know, I've I've tossed a few fun stats, uh, in in into this pod. But we just need more games, man. And and so in the meantime, vibes are good. Vibes vibes feel up, and they feel feels like it's gonna stay that way for a while.
2: I will say, Luka and Wood are both top five in PER. So that means the Mavericks now have two top five players in the NBA after after two games. Is that that's, what that means? That's exactly what that means. If something is good after two games and it validates all of your good feelings, then the data is good.
1: And PER, actually, um, if you have a better PER, then you're a better player. And um, in fact, I think whoever has the best PER on the court at any given time, that team wins. You know, it's a perfect stat. Perfect. Created, actually, by John Hollinger, the athletic zone, my Uh, colleague.
2: And that's why it's good.
1: I'm being mildly facetious about it. It is a stat that has some flaws that John would acknowledge as well and has acknowledged. Um, but yeah, it's it's certainly been um it's already been cited to me um, by someone who I will not name as a uh, as a reason for for a certain for another player's success. And I'm just like, this stat isn't, you know, quite meaning what you think it is. But I'll leave that at that.
2: Yeah, I mean, sometimes you just got to believe in your, own, in your own data
1: two games in. All right, on that note, uh, we're going to get out of here. Thanks for listening. We'll be back Thursday with another episode, me and uh, a guest. We'll see you then.
0: He plays Fortnite just like me. I am 34. Don't fight the future, honey. From the home of Melania Trump. How many kids you have? Don't fight the future. It tears me apart. Don't fight the future. Please be nice to Luca. Future four-time MVP. Oh my God! Oh! Shut it down.
2: It's a wrap.